thank you for all that you are, all that you do in our midst. Lord Jesus, right now we just thank you for what you've given us, even financially, Lord. God, I pray that you would continue to help us to be good stewards. Lord, as we would give in this offering, in our tithes and our offering, Lord, we truly desire that you would expand your work and expand the kingdom. God, and I pray that you would meet every need of every, every one of us here in this room. God, meet every need of the missionaries that we're helping to support and the work that's going on in other, in other countries, God, and in this nation. God, through the missionaries like Joel Comiskey as he's teaching and helping people to understand the value of, of community and living outside of the restrictions even of a, of a building, but, but truly living Christ-centered community ways throughout the world. God, I think of uh, the Lemuses this morning, God, is in, in Guatemala working with so many underprivileged children and families, God. And uh, I just pray that you would bless them, Lord. Even as the offering comes in, Lord, the offering would be, go to, to help support them and, and continue to work within the ministry they're doing, Lord. For that which is happening in Mexico, we rejoice. Lord God, for Jason Friend as he preaches, God, uh, throughout the world, Lord, and touching hundreds of thousands of people, God, even here in, in this state, God, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, for Full Armor Ministries that's bringing the Word of God to families and bringing devotions, Lord. Bless all the missionaries that we support. And God, I'd pray, Lord, that you would be with Robert. God, bless him in his trip in Mexico, God. Safety, strength, provision. Lord, let the Word of God be preached. And let the missionaries that are there that they're going to support be strengthened and encouraged through that work as well. God, and I would ask, Lord, which one of us is supposed to go? God, are we going to go on a short-term or a long-term, God? Stir up our hearts to be mindful, God, of what's happening, Lord, in the world and, and in the ways that you want to use us, Father, in missions, whether worldwide or lo- locally here, God. Hallelujah. We bless your name, God. Bless this offering, Lord, as the, as the ushers come. Lord, we just pray that it would just expand your work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This morning we want to kind of highlight another life group and this is what we do here. Twelve groups with twelve people in each in 2012. That's the goal for the year. We believe that we're going to reach out this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to reach out to people who need more of God. There's too many people that are unchurched and what I'd even call underchurched. They get a little bit here and a little bit there. Maybe they get it on the radio or maybe they go once or twice a year. But they need the church and that's not the building. That's us. Uh, you know, recently I was, I was talking, I think it was with Corey, we we're talking about somebody who says, oh, I'm just, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm tired of the church. You go, well, how can you be tired of yourself? You know, you are the church, we are the church, and there's a big problem out there, all these people going, oh, I'm just so tired of the church. Well, you know, we are the church and, and we need to, to act like it. And so um, in our home groups, that in our life groups, that's what we're doing. And this morning, um, we just want to stretch our hand out to, to Bev, my mom, as she's leading her life group. And, uh, and highlight what she's doing there with her ladies. And she has a desire to continue to reach out, reach more, more women in, in, with the gospel and, and continue to disciple. In her group last year, they had a, a salvation and baptism. And, and it's exciting. People are getting saved through ministry one-on-one and in small groups. But let's just stretch our hand out over towards her and, and pray a blessing upon her group. Father God, we just pray bless. Blessings, blessings in the name of Jesus, God, that you would use her 
to continue to minister to the ladies in her group, Lord, and that within her group, Lord, you would raise up those that, that are even sitting next to her to be leaders also, God, and that they would branch out and do things that you would have them do, God, that, that in her group, Lord, each of the ladies would, would have a heart, God, to see their friends come to Jesus and their, and their acquaintances, Lord God, and that the groups would grow not just because we want numbers, Lord, but because, Lord, we desire people to be saved, Lord Jesus, and people to be discipled. So we pray a blessing upon this group, Lord God, and that you would use them to expand the kingdom in their families, in their, in their neighborhoods, God, in this community, and even worldwide. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I have not had any coffee, but I feel like I have. Hallelujah. You know, it's, 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 it, you know the coffee is just really the false anointing. And you know, when we get in the presence of God, we really get under His real anointing. And I think that's what's happening. And, um, and I'm, I, where to go? Hallelujah. I'm excited. And, and, uh, in, in, my, in my life group, was we were praying about uh, going to the nations and things, one of the things that's stirring up in our group is uh, we're, we're speaking with the Lemuses in Guatemala about the opportunity and the ability as a group to adopt a, a child or a family in Guatemala where they would be the, the interim, they would be the go-to people. We could visit, financially support a child or a family with 20 or $30 a month from our life group. And it, w- it won't be uh, going through. It won't be the church. It's going to be just our life group, bringing just a few dollars a piece, and and then we'll be able to connect. Uh, maybe th- with letters, we could write it, write them, um, give them through the lemus because we have that connection. And then I, I threw another one on the table. I said, and then maybe by the end of the year or next year, we're going to pack our bags and go visit. So that's what God, I think, is wanting to do. And, and so, you know, I'm really praying that our life group will come together. I love our group. And, and I, if you're not in a life group yet. Um, Getting one, getting one. It's it. They're happening, and it's and it's good stuff. The the things that the Bible speaks about living together in community. Um, so, so I encourage you to do that. I, I think on uh, somebody noticed in our group on on Wednesday that we are at eleven in our group. We we're, we're one away from our twelve. Twelve groups with twelve people in each. We have eleven. And, and it's exciting, but we're probably going to multiply that off, so it might drop down. We'll have to raise it right back up again. Anyway, so uh, this morning, I want to talk about a subject you don't hear much about in the church these days. And it's because we live in a culture where the landscape is dotted with shrines to the golden arches and an assortment of pizza temples everywhere you look. What I want to talk about seems out of place at this time. And I'm not hesitant in doing it, but I'm very aware of, of bringing a to- this topic this morning. I'm not hesitant because I know it's what God wants us to begin to engage in. We've been spending the last three weeks talking about prayer. And they, they've been, we have a series of good messages. And this is another facet of, of prayer that I want to talk about this morning. And I want to talk about the subject of fasting. So I hope you enjoyed your cinnamon rolls and your bread this morning, because now we're going to talk about fasting. And it is, and it's not a real popular subject. Um, it's, it's emotional. For some people, it's volatile. People get, it's interesting when you start talking about fasting. You know, people, some people, they get on the defense right away. Oh, you know, 
people also can go to extremes with fasting. We don't want, we, we, you know, so there's a lot of reasons that, that it's hard. John Wesley said this, though. Some have exalted religious fasting beyond all scripture and reason, and others have utterly disregarded it. And we've seen that. We've seen those who are just, you know, it's all, all this, and, and it can become ritualistic. And that's one of the reasons you don't see a lot of fasting, is because of the asceticism, the, the strict adherence of disciplining your body that, is, that happened in, in the previous centuries. And so now, you try to find books on fasting. There's not that many. There are subsections in a lot of books. But there's not a lot of books on fasting. It's not a subject you want to hear. I was even looking on the, on the internet in, in a blog, and, and one guy was writing in and asking these questions. He goes, does anyone know of some good books or good information on fasting? All I can find is people from Pentecostal and Charismatic churches talking about fasting. Where's the stuff written by the Baptists? And, and so it's even swung to, into, in some ways to, you know, to a side of the Pentecostals and Charismatic. But I believe that God really desires his whole body, the whole church, to begin to get understand and start walking back into a practice that Jesus taught about, and that's fasting. Some people, they consider it unnecessary um, or undesirable even. And so then they, they really just want to ignore it. And often the reason we do that is because... Like so many other things, we're convicted. We're convicted about doing it. We've tried it. We failed. We don't want to fail again. So it's much easier to ignore it and even come up with reasons why we can't or why we shouldn't do it. And the devil then comes in. When, when, when God tries to convict us, the devil comes in and he changes that conviction to condemnation. And then we feel condemned because we failed. T- I, I'm going to confess, I, I used to say I'm the world's worst faster. I am pushing beyond that. I used to be the world's worst faster. But, but God has been calling me to fast. And so I've been fasting more and more. So I'm no longer the world's worst faster, but I have still broken more fasts than I have completed. <laughs> Hallelujah! Okay? You know, that's just, that's it. And there are some people that they're just, they're, they're maniacs when it comes to fasting. They just do it. There's no problem. I, you know, look at my body. It's not built for fasting. <laughs> Actually, it's built for fasting, and that's why you can tell I don't do it much. But, but we need to press through because it's something that God wants to, to do inside of us. Um, and this whole thing, it touches a very personal matter to us. Food. Here we're talking about fasting, and this morning we had our, our cinnamon rolls out, and next week we're having a potluck. You know, I mean, food is big, and, and food is wonderful in your life groups. You know, you go to life group every week, there's food. Last week we brought the snack list out, everyone signed up for the next, you know, six, eight weeks. What are you going to bring for, you know, we like food. Some of us like it more than others. Well, the potluck's in your honor. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Robert, I am very interested in this question of food fasting, and I'm very serious about this question. Why? What's the real reason God wants us to do it more than anything else? That's perfect, because that's what we're going to get to. We're going to really talk about that this morning, is is why. Um, And so so that's where we're going. You know, most people, in fact, all people are dependent on food. The problem is some people are too dependent on food. We, we, we've, we've really raised up food um, in, a, in, a, in a bad way. It's, it's become this, 
this necessity, even because of our our issues. And you know what? I'm going to step on my toes this morning and yours must be real close to mine because I know I'm going to step on yours, too. Okay, but but some of us, we use food as uh, the place to go when we're, we're nervous or we've got emotional issues. Food is this this really big thing. And then for others, it's the the anti food. You know, we can't eat because of, of other issues. And so this. We've gone, you know, for eating way beyond just eating to survive or eating to live. So many of us live to eat. And, and if you grew up in, in, in certain households, probably Italian is going to be one of them. Okay? That is just, it's huge. I mean, you know, you, you ever been to, maybe it's your family and that's fine, or been to a place where you, you, my wife's family is this way. You get done with breakfast and you immediately start talking about what we're doing for dinner. And you go, wow, we just from one meal to the next. And, and they're big events. Some of these meals can be big events. And my wife's family, I mean, it, they are big events. I mean, three and four hours of cooking to get to the, And they're great meals, great meals. I've had too many of them. But we've, we've moved from eating to live and now we're living to eat. And this message can be like so many others. It's like preaching on smoking or gluttony or R-rated movies. It starts touching on, on nerves and it gets really close to home. But I want to tell you, this is what the body of Christ is about. It's not about letting people live the way they want to live. It's about helping each other walk the way God wants us to walk, even when it's difficult. And when we get into relationship with one another, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. That's why I want to talk about uh, fasting this morning. And when is let you don't hear too many sermons on it at all. And before I, I continue any further, I want to, there it is. I want to read Proverbs 18.13. Because I don't want any of this to happen before I even finish my message. It says this, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. (laughs) Don't turn me off this morning. Don't turn me off. Okay. don't 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 build up the thing yet. Don't build it up going, oh, I can't fast and and I've got reasons and you just don't know, pastor, and you're judging me. You know, already there's people in here. The devil is trying to tell you that I'm judging you and I'm not even thinking about you this morning. I want to talk about what, what we're talking about specifically this morning. To me, the definition of a fast, what I'm speaking of this morning, is when Christians voluntarily abstain from food for spiritual purposes. Very, very specific about this. I believe you can fast from other things. And I think there's a lot of value in, in consecrating your, your time and your body um, and maybe the, the things that you're doing. And fasting from other things is important, but I am talking specifically about fasting food this morning. A lot of people say, well, you can fast TV and you can. And those are wonderful things to do. We probably all should fast a lot more TV. And but but this morning we're talking about voluntary abstaining from food for spiritual purposes, not just for any old reason. In the Old Testament, the, the, uh, the word fast was really meant to set aside time to mourn or pray with no provision for one's normal food needs. 
Simple. Just for, for a time, they would, they, but there was mourning included, mourning and praying. We're going to talk a little bit about that. For the, for the purpose um, to mourn and pray with no provision for one's normal food needs. I want to highlight quickly a few things and go through uh, some Old Testament. Just real quick, I'm going to just read through these. We will put these notes available on the, uh, on the website this week, on the, on the facilitation guide if you want to go deeper. I'll put a number of outlines that any of you leaders, you can print off and hand out and or, or just go over in your groups. We don't want to, um, and so, because we're going to go fast. One, it included weeping and mourning in the Old Testament. You know, whenever you see people fasting, they're on the ground, they're in the dirt, they're putting dirt on their head, they're ripping their clothes, and you're going, we don't understand that type of mourning and fasting. It was a very cultural thing, but it was intense for them. They, there was something really intense as they would fast and seek God. There was also reasons they would fast other than seeking God, even just in, in mourning. And we'll talk about that. But some of the reasons and some of the people that fasted... Uh, they fasted in times of war or at the threat of war. Right now, there's probably some people in Israel fasting because they're on the brink all the time. But, but things are coming down. They fasted in war or at the threat of it. Israel fasted at Bethel in the war against the Benjamites in Judges chapter 20. Um, uh, 1 Samuel 7, 6. But, but when there was ever a big threat, they would go, it's time to fast. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit. In the Bible... There was only one prescribed fast a year. Only one. It's the Day of Atonement, the whole nation was, was asked to fast only once. But because of man and his ways he wanted to bring in rules and regulations, by the time Jesus came on the scene, Jews were, righteous Jews were fasting twice a week. And it was kind of mandated. I believe it was actually Monday and Wednesday that they were fasting. It was prescribed twice a week. God prescribed once a year. Man got it on and put on regulations that made it, you have to do this. And so it became twice, uh, twice a week. Whew. I could probably use to fast twice a week. But, so, so this is, you know, God was calling people to fast and then man gets in there and, and sadly he... he he really corrupts it too often. So the people, though, would voluntarily fast in times of war. They would fast when loved ones were sick. And I was, I was thinking about David. When, when he sinned with Bathsheba and son was dying and he was fasting. And as soon as his son died, though, David was different. He didn't, wasn't fasting just because he was mourning. He, as soon as his son died, he got up, washed his face, and he ate. So he wasn't Fasting because he was mourning. He was fasting because he wanted to see God heal his son. He's fasting in prayer. They fasted when uh, others fa- did fast. They would mourn and they would fast when loved ones died. Again, it was a very, in- their very intense culture, and they would mourn and fast, even just as a, as a sign to say, you know, I'm I'm just broken hearted. They'd fast when they, would, when they sought God's forgiveness. It's a great time to fast. They sought when they knew that God's judgment was coming and that they needed God's forgiveness. Moses fasted not just for himself, but for the entire people for 40 days so that God wouldn't destroy his people. Ahab, Ahab not a great guy, fasted to be forgiven. And even he was forgiven because he fasted and prayed. 
You think of Jonah getting sent to Nineveh, the place he didn't want to see repent, the place he wanted to see destroyed. How many of us do that sometimes going, you know, I don't even want to pray for that person. I want something bad to happen. You know, we wrestle with those things. That was Jonah. And he's going, I don't want to preach the gospel to Nineveh. But he did. And amazing, you read in the scripture in Jonah that immediately they said, we be- they believed God and they set a fast in God's judgment was lifted from Nineveh. They fasted in forgiveness. God, forgive us. It's a great time to fast. Daniel fasted as he confessed the sins of Israel, not just his own. He fasted so that he could confess the sins of Israel. They also fasted when they faced impending danger. When the nation or people were, were, were about to be doomed for some reason, they would fast. Ezra led a fast when he was going back to Jerusalem. They, he had all the people fast so that they would have a safe journey. Have a safe journey in, in, in Ezekiel 8.21. Nehemiah fasted when he heard of the state of Jerusalem. And it was to, the, the, things were so bad in, in Nehemiah 1. Esther and the Jews, they knew that their time was... Literally, their days were numbered. And so they called a fast. And she said, listen, fast. Fast for me. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink. These were serious fasts. No food, no water. For three days. And if I die, I die. But they were seeking God, saying, spare us. Impending danger is a great reason to fast. Guys, already we should just say amen and start fasting because so many of these things we've hit in our nation Impending danger, judgment upon our nation, repenting from our sins. We need we're, God needs. He's calling us to become be, become a people who would be willing to fast. And we're going to talk about why we do it and what happens. So those are just some of the Old Testament things uh, of of some of the fast. But in this study this morning, we want to springboard off of Matthew six. So you can get to Matthew chapter six. It's a Sermon on the Mount. Fasting that, that, that pleases God. And so we want to ask, answer a couple of questions and we'll see how far we can get this morning. Should Christians fast today? And the scriptures have so much to say about fasting. Do you know that there is more teaching in the New Testament on fasting than there is on repentance and confession? Jesus taught more on fasting than on baptism in the Lord's Supper. Fasting is a big, it's a big topic. And we, we, we avoid it. But, but there's the question. Should we keep fasting today? And we're going to lay, lay some, some uh, biblical examples here of, of who fasted and why. You know, one, Jesus himself, before starting his public ministry, fasted for 40 days. 40 days, empowered by the Spirit to go into the desert. So he is our greatest example. Luke chapter 4. 1 and 2. But in Matthew 6, Matthew 5 and 6, we see Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and he's teaching about life principles. And in, in chapter 6, he starts talking about things like charity and prayer. And Jesus, right then, in, in verses 16 through 18, starts talking about fasting. And fasting that pleases God. Fasting pleases God. In his, in his teaching on the this, on this subject of fasting, Let's, let's read that, chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. 
I'm reading out of the New King James this morning. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Twice. Twice, there's a, there's a phrase in there twice that's telling us that we should fast. Did you pick up on it? Moreover, when you fast, but when you fast. For Jesus, it was a when, not an if. There is an assumption of Jesus that you are going to fast, that I am going to fast. He's teaching the multitudes on the hill. When you fast, don't be like the hypocrites, but you're still going to do it. He didn't say, don't be like the hypocrites and don't fast. He says, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. And then he gives us the ways that he wants us to fast. He assumed that his disciples and the people would fast. Also in Matthew 9, Matthew, just a few chapters over, is another key scripture on Jesus' teaching on fasting. Verse 14. says, then the disciples of John came to him, Jesus, saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. So we better get going on this fasting thing. Jesus said we're going to do it. It says the days will come when the bridegroom is going to be taken away and then they will fast. Why? Because we long to be with God. Because though He's with us, He's filled us with His Holy Spirit, we still live in this world. where We live in a world where the flesh, where we battle with the flesh, we battle with the enemy, and the bridegroom is not physically present with us. We're homesick because this world truly isn't even our home. And, and we're, until we go to be with Jesus, we're homesick and we're mourning. We're mourning that we can't be with Him. But as we fast, other things, we're talking about that in just a minute. As we fast, we actually can, can be more intimate with God. I believe that when we fast, it breaks down barriers and you can have a more intimate time of prayer. So many things happen as we fast. And so the bridegroom has been taken away and we will fast. He knew that we would be fasting. And I would say, boy, we've, we've walked away from it. Walked away from the things that, that God has, has intended. And it's over this food issue. Think about the, the children of Israel in, in the desert. How many times they complained and wanted to die because the food wasn't right. We just have this stinking manna. And, and the, the sin was rising up because of their, their insatiable need for food. And not just sustenance, but food that they wanted. Oh, but if we were just by the flesh pots in Egypt. And this might be a stretch too, but come on, Eve. The apple food has been getting us into trouble for a long time. (laughs) Food has been getting us into trouble for a long time because something comes over us sometimes. You know, whether it's whether it's the desire to fast and and then, you know, you go somewhere and they're having barbecue and you just. And we, we just give in to the flesh. Now, food is not bad. Food is wonderful. God gave wonderful, wonderful food for us to eat. But we've allowed it to become an idol. 
We've allowed it to control us rather than us control it. And one of the things that fasting does is it disciplines us and helps us to get a little bit of self-control over some of these issues. And, and I do believe strongly that as you can begin to even have some of that uh, discipline in overcoming fasting, that you will begin to see other areas of lack of discipline come into line also in your life. Part of it's just a discipline thing. This is a small part. Jesus taught, taught us that if we would fast properly, that we would actually incur God's good pleasure. And you go, what? Go back to Matthew chapter 6. After he gave us how to fast, at the end of verse 18, says, And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He's going to reward you because it pleases him. You're fasting in the right way to, that would please God. It, it, it really does please him and he's going to reward you. Now, I don't know what that reward is exactly, except that I've been rewarded in my fasts. Not always with exactly what I was looking for, but sometimes with what I was. Sometimes when I go into a time of fast, I'm praying for a specific reason, asking for an answer to something. Maybe that, that he would show a, a direction in which way to go or a breakthrough. And in, in those fasts, sometimes he's rewarded that and he's answered me and, and maybe given the breakthrough. But there's been other things that have happened also in my fast where I really do know that God rewards those who will step out in, in obedience. I didn't say faith. You don't need faith to fast. You just need to do it. <laughs> you know, that's one of our problems. Many of us are sitting back going, I'm just waiting for God to tell me when to fast. He told you. <laughs> you don't have to wait any longer. We don't need faith to fast. Now, I don't think we should be fasting every day all the time. But, but there's going to be reasons but, uh, to, to fast. But he's already called us to fast. We don't need faith, but we do need, to, need obedience. And we do have to hear him because sometimes he does call us to fast. But if we only wait for the call for some reason, I don't think we're going to pick up the phone very often. Do you hear, do you hear me? Are we okay? Your toes hurting yet? Mine are. Throughout the New Testament... Just to make sure that it's not an Old Testament thing. And I believe the Old Testament fast was, was, was a little different than, than what Jesus is calling us to. There is more rejoicing in a fast today because we have, we have the presence of God in our life. And we don't just fast because we're mourning. We fast because we want to see a breakthrough. We fast because something needs to change in our life. Let me give some, uh, New Testament quick, uh, some quick New Testament examples. Um, The people would fast when they would appoint an elder into the church. They would fast and pray about it. Um, in the churches of Galatia, in Acts chapter 14, it talked about they were fasting. Yeah, they, the, the New Testament says that they, it was fasting in all the churches. It was done in every church. They were fasting often. Paul fasted in 2 Corinthians 11, 23-28. It, it goes through all these things that qualified him as a, as, a, as a minister. And one of the things in there that qualified him, he put down fasting. Well, he also put down beatings and scourgings and going without and going with. But one of the things, he, was, he partook in fasting. He also went hungry. Don't, those two, don't get him confused. 
He went hungry because he didn't have food. But then there was the times he voluntarily gave up food for reasons we don't even always know. But to hear from God, to press in. And we're commanded to imitate even Paul as he imitates Christ. Throughout the New Testament, we find so many things. Jesus speaking of it. Peter, Paul, the, the, the disciples, Paul, fasting in, in response to different things that God wanted to. So at the very least, we can say it's not inappropriate for Christians to fast. It's not inappropriate. God is desiring us to step it up. Unless, I, I would say, unless you have a medical reason not to fast. I mean, there are real medical reasons. And if, 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 that's, if that's you, well, let's, let's pray and find out what God would have you do in response to your medical needs. But often, we, we even, I've seen it and I've been there myself in different ways, we'll say, well, I can't fast because of this. But what's your heart motive? Did you say that because you really just don't want to fast? And so you throw that up? We got Jesus' whole point of us fasting is about our heart. Let's go back to Matthew 6. You're probably still there. Would you agree with the statement that a hypocrite is somebody who acts outwardly contrary to what they're doing in reality? Right? They show or act outwardly contrary to what they are actually doing. That's a hypocrite. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. These guys were fasting, but they were disfiguring their faces and they were making it a show. They weren't a hypocrite because they were not fasting and acting like they were. It was because it was with the wrong motives. They were doing it to be seen by men. That was their motive. They were doing it for their pious reasons. They were fasting, but they wanted the whole world to know, oh, look at me, I'm fasting. Now, I'm going to say something, and I want want you to hear it. We often hear, you know, right here, Jesus says, so that you do not appear to be men to be fasting. Let's go back to... um, 17, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who is sees in secret will reward you openly. Immediately, we've got this understanding that you can, nobody can ever know that you're fasting, right? Have you ever heard that? It's like, you don't let anyone know that you're fasting. Don't let anyone know that you're fasting. We're not supposed to let them know so that we get a reward from it. We're not supposed to let them know so that they can go, oh, you're fasting and and get some type of of good feeling or have a pious reason. But I believe it's okay to let people know that you're fasting. Don't think you should go around and celebrate it. But and here's some reasons. I'm going on another fast this week. You go, I'm going to fast Monday through Thursday. And I'm inviting all of you to join in for part of that fast. Want you to, I, I'm just encouraging and inviting you to fast a meal, two meals, three meals. And we're talking about some different types of fasts. And I have some, a, a neat brochure I'm going to hand out before the end. The reason I think it's okay to tell people that you fast is you can be an encouragement and an example to other people. Now, I don't ever want somebody to come and say, oh, I'm so sorry you're fasting. You can't go out to Burger King with us. That's not my purpose. But... As you fast and other people know, they go, wow, if they do it, maybe I could do it. 
If Pastor Rob can do it, maybe I can do it. It can be encouraged. It's also an example. This is what this is how we live. Jesus talked about praying and he said, when you pray, go in and close your door and pray to the God. Right. He says, don't do it in front of men. Yet Jesus prayed in front of men. So was he a hypocrite himself? Absolutely not. Jesus was saying again, what is the motive? Don't stand in front of people to show your works so that, that your reward is, is, wow, he's a religious man. He's really neat. Oh, she's great. Look at how, how well she prays. It's the motive of the heart. How can you lead people an example if you won't pray in front of them? How can you lead people as a Christian if you won't do the works and the things in front of them like fasting? Not to be seen by them to get your reward, but as an example. So we're called to fast. Fasting from, from food, and the Bible teaches us three different types of fasts from the food. There's the total fast that we've already taught, read about a few times, where they would fast food and water. And that's a radical fast. That's a radical fast. I've, I've, I've never done maybe more than a meal without, uh, with just food and water. I, I just have never done that fast. Um, if you're going to do that, I don't recommend, uh, don't go more than three days and maybe only a day. Be really, you, you got to know your circumstances. The information I'm going to hand out is going to have some suggestions on that. So there's the, uh, the total, total fast. There's the, uh, the partial fast, which is really the, the f- no food but drinking water. No food but drinking water. You can go a long time without food. Some of you can go longer. Some of me can go longer. But that's, you know, you, you can fast. No food. No food at all. That's another fast where they would. That's a fast Jesus did is no food. It didn't say anything about him. It, sa- it said that he was hungry. It never said he was thirsty when he broke his fast. So I'm led to believe that Jesus was not fasting food and water when I read that. If you go and read it again, it doesn't ever talk about he was tempted with bread, but not with water. At the end, it said he was hungry not thirsty. And, and that thirst is going to get you before the food's going to get you. So I believe even Jesus was, was fasting only food for those 40 days. Another fast you, f- you find in a couple different places, uh, Daniel is one of them, is a fast where you, you cut out certain foods. And so like, you know, for years I fasted. For years I didn't eat any salads. And I just gave that... <laughs> No, guys. Some of you men are going, yes. Honey, I'm fasting. I'm going to Carl's. Stay away from Carl's. There's another reason for that. Don't, don't go to Carl's Jr. There. But, you know, so partial fast, well, maybe, maybe you'd give up the delicacies. Daniel gave up the, the rich meats and the wine. And he, and he ate just vegetables and, and drank water. And that's a that's a great fast. Um, it's super healthy. You can do a fast like that forever. Some people just eat like that, and and but you can do that. But if you're if you're like me and and like your meats and you like your sugars and your caffeines and things, going on a fast like that um, is is a great fast. You're you're still you're 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 bringing certain things out. So that's another fast that's found in the Bible. Um, so those are the three. And of course, people fast everything. You know, I'm, I'm going to fast love boat for the week. And <laughs> that was an old one. So I was getting for all the old ones. Yeah. 
Everyone remember the older shows. You know, fast, uh, you know, fast a show or fast TV. And those things are, are good, but there's something different about the food thing. I mean, doesn't food have a hold on us? Something about food. And, and so this is going to, I believe, is going to help us as we do this. So why should we fast? Um, various reasons. People do it for health reasons all the time. Um, they do it uh, sometimes, you know, because they, they are sad and they're, and so they're just fasting and they're not eating. Um, some people do it as a way to gain self-control. There's people who fasted for political reasons. Almost every religion, and I, I could probably say every religion, but almost every religion has fasting as part of their, their religion. So this is not just isolated to Christianity, but these aren't the reasons that Christians should fast in our service to the Lord. We should fast not because we're told and not because of, of these other things, but we should fast unto God, all about God, so that we can dedicate ourselves Find more time in our day to pray. Fasting, I believe, should always accompany prayer. And if you can't pray and seek the Lord when you're fasting, you're really just doing a physical fast. There's benefits to it. Those are great. But if you want to fast as unto the Lord, you need to spend time in prayer. And here's the thing. If you eat three meals a day, that's got to be at least two hours of time that you don't have to to use in thinking about driving to preparing whatever it is that you do for a meal that you can say, I'm going to take just those extra times and dedicate to pray during my fast. So you're giving up food, but you're pressing into the Lord. That's the way we want to do it. And there's a lot of reasons when we're seeking divine help. It's a great time to fast, just like in the Old Testament. Times of war, when people are sick, when you need a breakthrough spiritually, when you're seeking forgiveness Boy, the forgiveness forgiveness comes, but sometimes you need healing and a touch. Forgiveness is immediate with God, but we don't always feel forgiven. Sometimes we need to spend that extra time to let Him minister to us and to fast and to pray during that. Not about God, forgive me, God, forgive me, God, forgive me. But God, help me to know Your forgiveness and press in and fast. Seeking His presence is a, is a reason when you need divine help, when you need God's protection extra amount of protection the uh, I think the kind of the bottom line with with when we should fast is when you're really feeling like you need to pray and and really dedicate yourself to prayer and more prayer is needed you know there's a difference with a prayer and then the things you got you got to press in with prayer you got to keep praying pray and pray and pray when there's a lot of prayer needed for something this nation this valley Maybe a sickness. That's a great time to say, I'm going to set a time, aside some time to fast and pray. Look at the examples through the Bible of Daniel who, who set apart his, his face to, to, to fast and to pray and the answers would come, but sometimes it would take a while before they'd even come. Excuse me if you can hear that through the microphone. My stomach is growling. <laughs> Next time I'll just hold it right there. Jesus fasted when he was being tempted. When serving the Lord. When when they began a new work for the Lord at Antioch, they fasted before they began it. 
In Galatia, when they were selecting and appointing elders, the people fasted. They wanted to hear from God. You know, next week, again, it's my ordination and installation. We want to hear from God in this moment. We want to be part of this. We want to know, what God, what are you doing? It's a great time. That's why I'm fasting this week. It's important. We want to hear from God and we want to say, okay, God, this is also another new, it's a new day. It's a new day. God, what are you doing in this new day? Even here at Christian Center. We should be praying as we do it. Psalms 35 says that when we fast, it helps to humble the soul. You know, it helps to humble the soul. And that's important because we, we, we need to, you know, humble ourselves in the sight of God, the Bible says. And, and putting down that prayer or putting down that food and just focusing yourself and, and, and giving yourself to him. Say, you know what, look, the food's not important. I just want to spend some time with you. It's great and humbling. Ezra 8.21-23 through 23 talks about the prayer and the fasting time. And when he humbled himself, God answered the prayer. The prayer of that humble person gets answered. Difficult temptations, serious illness. I think these are great time to be fasting. Luke eighteen one through eight, real quick. I'm going to close, ending in just a moment here. It's the parable of the persistent widow. There was, a, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, verse 3. And she came to him saying, Get justice for me and for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Being persistent, and I don't even understand, you know, the, the, the parables of, of the persistent widow or the, the guy knocking on the door saying, bring me some bread, I got visitors. And he says, he doesn't get out of bed to help him because he wants to, but because... He just wants him to go away. Go, Jesus, you're talking about God. Is that really God? He's like, oh, I gotta give him something because I don't want to, but I'm just tired of them. He's he's connecting it to the, us as people, as fallible and sinful as we are. We will answer when when they keep bugging us. And if we'll do that, how much more will God? But it does how much more will God? He's not bugged by us. But if we keep coming to him, he's going to say. They're really serious about this. You know, my kids ask for things all the time. But when they keep asking about the same thing over and over again, I go, oh, I think they really want this. Because, you know, I mean, if I got them everything they asked for, we'd have ponies and horses and 27 dogs in a pool. And I mean, you know, they want it. They, they just, today they want it. Tomorrow they want something new. But every once in a while, something is on their heart and they just keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And I go, they're really serious. You know, we do the same thing with God. We see something. Oh, God, I need a new car. And God, I need this. But there's those things that you're really pressing in in prayer about, being persistent. 
Fast about that one. Fast. Set aside some time and say, I'm going to fast. I'm going to seek your face. And every time I see people fasting in the Bible, God answers their cry. He's faithful. He's faithful. But our fasts are unto God. They're not to be seen of men. They're not to be declared and saying, oh, I'm fasting. We're the fasting church. We have to be careful that as, as we would maybe even get into a routine, maybe you might say, yeah, I feel like I'm supposed to fast. I'm going to start fasting once a week. And uh, we had a life group a couple of years ago who fasted every Wednesday as a group. They, just, they all fasted. But it was their desire to do it. We have to be careful to never be under obligation because we'll fall right back into the law. And, and, and that's not my point. Whether you fast or not is really between you and God. But I, what I'm telling you this morning is if you'll dedicate yourself and begin to seek Him and fast and pray that I believe you're going to see more results. And you're going to see things change in your life that aren't changing right now because of the fasting and prayer. I really, really believe that. And I can't explain why. But God answers. God answers us. I'm going to just have, maybe if I could just get a, pass these around. Maybe get a couple of people to pass these around. Go off. Corey, you want to get the other side? That is a, if you want, you don't have to take it, but that's a pamphlet on, on some practical stuff on fasting. And uh, it's got some good scriptures and some good information, practical suggestions on, on fasting. This week, I, we're going to be praying and fasting here, here at the church. And, and um, we're going to have the sanctuary opened every morning if you want to come and pray, 7.30 to 8.30. And then, and then throughout the day, it's almost always open. If you want to come at noon for prayer, you can do that too. But I'm going to come early and open up and have time of prayer. I'll have some juice and water out for anyone who might be fasting um, with, with maybe juice or water. We're going to pray and seek the Lord every day this week. Uh, again, going into this next week, we'll keep praying and say, God, what do you want to do? I want to see a breakthrough. I want to see him move in this valley like he hasn't moved in a long time. I want to see him move in my life like I haven't seen him move in a long time. And I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to be the persistent widow. I'm going to be the guy knocking on the door going, God, we need a breakthrough. People are lost, dying, and going to hell. And we need salvation. We need the power of God. And he wants to pour out his spirit. And I want to hear from him in direction. God, what are we supposed to do from here? There's so much more that could be said, and, and maybe we'll pick up another. Um, I'm going to put a whole bunch of notes on the web page. Pages and pages of outlines and notes. You can go through them yourself. A lot of it will be, there'll be a number of different sections. There'll, some of it will be repeats, kind of some preaching outlines and some good scriptures for your life group leaders, and you can print them off. Anyone's welcome to go there. It's at BigBearChristianCenter.org. Go over to the Lighthouses. Re- login. Lighthouses login and on that login page there is a, it'll say this week's facilitation guide and it'll this week it's probably going to be about twenty or thirty pages. Now, if you you can print only the pages you want. In case you don't know that life group leaders, you can print pages one through five or whatever. Uh, you don't have to print the whole thing, but they will be there to look at. Anybody can go there and ta- and, and get some information on that. Um, anyways, let's let's pray. Father, even in the, in the natural, we don't, and I don't understand all the, the dynamics on fasting. God, but I know that you said that we would fast and that you called us to fast. 
God, you set up principles in the Bible and you showed us example of people who sought your face through prayer and fasting. God, I pray that you would help us to understand this dynamic a little bit more and, and to just, even in obedience, begin to, to uh, deny the flesh and fast. And God, I pray that you would meet us as we do. God, I pray that as we would fast, that we would see you in a different way, as I've done in the past. And God, that we'd be more keenly aware of your presence. Speak to us. Show us visions as you did with Daniel. God, help us to know our forgiveness. God, I know judgment eventually is coming, Lord, but I pray, God, that the time would not be yet until the full number of your children come in, Lord. Help us as we would go into pray to be aware of the things to pray for, for the lost and governments. God, I pray that nobody this morning feels condemned at all. God, I pray that right now that you would lift off any any condemnation or guilt of people who've tried to fast and have broken it, Lord. God, teach us. Walk with us gently as a shepherd does. And help us to walk into new and greater things, Lord, as we would in, in other ways also deny our flesh and dedicate ourselves more fully to you. Bless this incredible body of believers, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.